When we say call us at Doty Legacy Group, the key word is legacy. It's all about taking care of you and getting it to the next generation the best way possible. Call us at 660-885-8835. Okay, so we are two and a half weeks away from Acts 8 or Acts 1-8 celebration. Um, so it's hard to believe it. It was 2015 the last time we did this. Um, and if you recall in 2015, um, first of all, while the guys are up here, they got the signs going. It's $5 a ticket. This is for the Saturday night uh, banquet, uh, or it's $20 max for the family. So if you got five, you're only going to pay 20. Um, so anyways, make sure to sign up out in the hall. Uh, Tony and Joe, you're doing a great job. Uh, okay, so anyways, we also have the prayer journals. You guys will recall the last time we did this, uh, we do a prayer journal. So every day, um, you are praying for one of our missionary groups or teams, and you're able to lift them up in prayer. And it also is really cool because um, our Facebook page is also posting this. Um, so if you haven't already got one, you should be able to get the previous two days. But here we are on day three. So just a real quick, you've got Caleb, Courtney, Grayson, and Lila uh, Grotlushen, and they are church planners in Montana, but it gives you their story, and then it gives you their prayer needs. So we really want to incorporate this into your daily prayer, uh, really be lifting these missionaries up, and our church up in your prayer leading up to this event. So that's all I have. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Daniel. All right. Friday, disaster relief training. If you are signed up. Uh, we have the van uh, ready to go, and so 4.30, downtown, jump on the van, go to disaster relief training. If you're not signed up, there's still time to get signed up for the disaster relief training. It's Friday evening and Saturday uh, this, this coming weekend. Let's stand together now and uh, praise the Lord through our psalm. Yes, Psalm 8, one of my favorite psalms. Let's worship as we read aloud together. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds in the, in the, the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea, all that swim in the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Psalm 8.
Good morning. My name's Forrest. I'll be your deacon of the week this coming week. If there's any way I can be of assistance, please uh, give me a call. I don't know if you've listened to the news lately, but uh, the secular side of our culture is always trying to explain away the Bible. Here recently they were talking about uh, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and about how a meteor could have fallen and could have hit the could have hit the city or could have exploded just before it hit the city. Well, there's a story I heard a few years ago about this junior high boy in school and his teacher was saying, well, when Moses crossed the Red Sea, said there, could, there was a ridge of land just below the surface of the water, maybe 18 inches, and the, the Israelites could have crossed through that shallow water and gotten across the Red Sea. So boy had gone home and his mother's asking him about school and he said, well, I heard this amazing thing. They're claiming that Pharaoh's entire army, horses and all, could have drowned in 18 inches of water. So, <laughs> so let's pray. Father, we're just grateful again for your many blessings, for the freedoms we enjoy in this country. Father, we lift our nation up to you for our leaders, that they would seek your wisdom instead of their own for the decisions they make. Father, I pray for Pastor Randy this morning as he brings the message that you would just speak through him, the message that you would have us to hear. I pray if there's anyone listening this morning and don't know you as Savior, Father, that this might be the day of salvation for them. Father, we just thank you that you are the truth. As you said in your own words, no one comes to the Father except through you. In your name I pray. Amen. And please remain standing for just a little bit longer. Our gospel reading, we're continuing in Mark. Another uh, difficult teaching of Jesus. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? He replied. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, Jesus replied. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. When they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. Mark 2, 2 through 16. Amen. You may be seated.
was a wretch I remember who I was I was lost, I was blind I was running out of time Sin separated The breach was far too wide But from the far side of the chasm You held me in your sight So you made a way Across the great divide Left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside And there at the cross You paid the debt I owe Broke my chains, freed my soul For the first time I had hoped Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied Thank you, Jesus, it has won
remind you in your worship program you do have the schedule for the Acts 1-8 celebration so make note of, of it. this is the kind of thing you put on your refrigerator so that you're not just praying but you're reminded where you're supposed to be October 20 through 24 each week for the past three or four weeks uh, Kevin has been prefacing our gospel reading with a statement. This is another one of the hard teachings of Jesus. A lot of Jesus' teachings are hard. The parable we will look at today is one of those hard teachings of Jesus. So this morning as we take a walk with Jesus we look at discipleship through the eyes of Luke as we think back just a moment where we have been in this walk with Jesus. Just two or three of the parables have, have, have had far-reaching kind of implications for the other 
parables in terms of discipleship issues. So hope in the parable of the seed and the yeast keeps us moving forward. When things get difficult and times are hard, it is hope which keeps us moving forward. In the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee last week, we looked at humility because it is humility which empowers our discipleship. Humility infuses all of the other discipleship issues and principles with power. And so this morning, we look at uh, this parable of the minas and uh, see that faithfulness increases our responsibility and secures our reward. The parables found in uh, Luke 19, 11 through 27. Last week, Roy asked, have you considered this life might be preparation for heaven? Well, this parable addresses the question specifically. Jesus said this. So while they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable. Because he was near Jerusalem, and the people thought the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then returned. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for his servants to whom he had given the money in order he might find out what they had gained with it. The first one came in and said, sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, good servant. His master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you have not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing standing by, Take this mina away from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. Sir, they said, he already has ten. He replied, I tell you that everyone who has will be given more. 
But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Jesus was about 18 miles from Jerusalem. He had just passed through Jericho. He had where he encountered Zacchaeus, the tax collector. And in his encounter with Zacchaeus, he goes to the home of Zacchaeus for dinner. And as, and, and as they have their conversation, at the end, the end of the dinner meeting with, with Zacchaeus, Jesus reminds us of his purpose, that, he, that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So this, this parable was, was, speaks to the crowd gathered in Zacchaeus' home who've just seen and heard and watched Jesus and they've traveled with him. But it also speaks to Theophilus and friends who were part of Luke's church. And it screams at each of us today about how to serve an absentee Lord. Because as the closer they came to the city of Jerusalem, the higher the expectation of the people was that Jesus was going to launch the kingdom of God. He was going to suddenly rise up and take over and Overthrow the Romans, and this expectation kept coming up and up and up, and the closer they got to the city, the more it increased. And perhaps the, the backdrop of this parable comes out of, may come out of a historical uh, experience when Archelaus uh, um, took a trip to Rome in 4 BC to be named king by Emperor Augustus after the death of his father, Herod the Great. And so before he left, he placed his officers in charge of the money and the property. But note, Jesus, Jesus does not address the coming of the kingdom in the story. Jesus speaks to the delay, the time in between, this, this gap between the departure, and the return. So every believer should fill the delay with faithfulness because an accounting is ahead. The parable for us is a test. It, Jesus said, or in the, the parable, the master said, put this money to work until I come back. It, the, until I come back refers to this time span between the ascension of Jesus and the return of Jesus. And the direct application of the parable for us today is, is the reality. You and I are in a Christ-believer partnership in redeemed life. When I received Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. I entered into a redeemed life. 
which is life lived in partnership with Jesus. Jesus is the Jesus is the principal in the partnership, by the way. And we are the we're the junior members of the partnership. And we we're given the responsibility to take care of this redeemed life he has given us. So we are stewards in the partnership with a, with a generous father. You'll remember Luke told us back in chapter 12. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Until I come back, anticipates an accounting ahead. See, these three, ten servants received a mina. Only three of them are brought back to account just because that's all it takes to make the, make the point. So one of them takes the one mina he received, about three months worth of wage, and he turns it, uh, increases a thousand percent, brings back ten. A second one, when he comes for his accounting, he, he received one, just like the first one, and he put it to work, and he brings back five, uh, 500. And so they are multiplying their investment. They're in multiplying the gift they received from the master. The third one, the third one comes back, and he said, I knew you were a hard man, so I put, I put my the mina in a sweat band. Really, that, that's the, literally, it's a sweat cap. It's the kind of thing that when we're on disaster relief, I put on underneath my helmet. It's the kind of thing that when I'm working out in order to keep the sweat out of my eyes and off my glasses so I can continue seeing, I put this thing on my head. And it just gets wet and nasty. And so Terry made me a whole bunch of them. Because if there's multiple days worked, you don't want to wear it a second day. So it's not a special piece of cloth. He just took an everyday sweat rag. Wrapped his mina up in it. Stuck it in the drawer. See... It's a test. What are, you, what are you going to do with the gift that's been given to you? Your life is a, man, is a mina. And we are stewards of life, not just, not just possessions. So how are you using your life for Jesus? Your spiritual gifts, that, which the Holy Spirit puts into your life with His presence, is your mina. Are you discovering and developing and using your spiritual gifts for Jesus? The fruit of the Spirit is your mina. Are you manifesting joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? As believers, 
We are partners with Jesus in this redeemed life. And, and in this delay between the time he left the earth and the time he's coming back again, the time in which you and I live, this is a time of test, is a test of our faithfulness. What will we do with what has been freely given to us? The parable, the parable is a test for us. But this parable, it's more than a test. The, the parable is developmental. The master said, put this money to work. And when he says, put this money to work, he gives them an opportunity to achieve. If, if I limit the mina to resources, I miss the power of the parable. Redeemed life is the, the redeemed life partnership with Jesus is is developmental in every area of life. Is, is irresponsibility in any area of life acceptable? Just think about it. You know, when you, you know, as parents, you know, we want to teach our children to be, to be responsible. And so you make a list of things for the, for the children to be responsible about. And you come down to one and you say, oh, you can be irresponsible with this. Now, you may have done that, but that was certainly not the rule. That was not the rule in the house I grew up in. Nothing was off limits when it came to responsibility. And with every responsibility becomes a greater opportunity. Some of you in this room have worn out multiple driver's license, but some of you have a brand new one. And with, and with it comes incredible responsibility. You see, the only thing I have ever consciously given my children that could take their life. If they were irresponsible with the keys. You see, this issue of responsibility is and faithfulness is about the very life we live. It is the essence of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And 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 every Success doesn't, you know, you, oh, I have the success. Whoo, we won that one. And you let down. No. With every success, the master comes back and says, here's a little more. Be responsible even more. And even more and even more. Faithfulness in the delay is Developmental discipleship. 
Are you choosing to make the most of your time for the glory of God? The accounting of these servants in the parable reveals the development. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small thing, because you've been trustworthy in a very small thing, Take charge of ten cities. Take charge of five cities. See, if we are not faithful in the little things, we will not be responsible and probably not give an opportunity for the larger things. Because discipleship is developmental. But it's not only... This parable is not only developmental and challenges us to be continuously growing in our relationship and responsibility before the Lord. This parable is a reality check. A faith, and by faith I mean at this point, trust. A Faith-motivated life. Servants 1 and 2 lived a faith-motivated life. A faith-motivated life leads to faithfulness in the small things. You see, we all want more. But this parable teaches the way to more is less. The way to more is faithfulness in the everyday things in your life. If you want to, if you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus, and you know, I, sometimes people say, I just want more power in my life. Well, the way to get more power in your life is to faithfully every day do the Bible study, do the prayer walk, do the, do the, the spiritual disciplines which result in your growth. Because unfortunately, we don't get zapped where all of a sudden we have it. It comes, reality is discipleship is hard work. And it comes little bits at a time. And it comes on the heels of faithfulness in the small things, in the everyday ins and outs of life. This is where, this is where a faith-motivated life produces faithfulness in the little things, and faithfulness is rewarded with greater opportunity and greater responsibility. A fear-motivated life, the life of the third servant, a fear-motivated life leads to failure in even the smallest of things. Fear... Fear leads to this failing. Oh, the master's coming. Let me dig around in here and find his... Oh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. I'll give it back to him. It's fear 
that causes you to take what God gave you and wrap it up in a non-valuable piece of cloth. In other words, make poor use of what he's given us. It's fear. And these little things that leads to failure. And failure in the small things is punished by a great loss. This parable just slaps us in the face with the reality. Am I faithful in my walk with Jesus? Or am I a failure? And in the delay between his ascension and his coming, by the way, there's no middle ground. Faithfulness is like pregnancy. You can't be a little bit pregnant. You can't be a little bit faithful. Faithfulness this leaves no middle ground. This parable leaves no middle ground for us. It's either or. Faithful in little things or failure in all things. Because if you fail in the little things, you're failing everywhere else. These, these are not easy words from Jesus. Paul, Paul offers a similar reality check to the Corinthians. First Corinthians thir- chapter 3, Paul wrote, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid, which is Christ Jesus. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet be saved even though only as one escaping through the flames. What are your building materials? Gold, silver, costly stones? Or are you trying to craft a life as a believer in Jesus with wood, hay, and straw? What are your building stones? Will what you are building as a disciple stand the test? And accounting is coming. And the 
the parable ends with a warning. Those who do not want the Lord to rule their lives will be severely punished. Not everybody wants to be a follower of Jesus. Followers of, not all followers of Jesus want to be faithful, but know there's a, an, an accounting coming. But to those who don't want the Lord to be, rule their lives, a severe punishment is coming. Luke's in the process of developing disciples who, make, who develop disciples. And each one of us, as follower of Jesus, should fill this delay in which we are living with faithfulness for two reasons. One, because we love him. And maybe I should just stop there. That should be reason enough. But just in case, I'll give you the second one. And accounting is coming. And accounting is coming. It's not just an accounting for believers. It's an accounting for everyone. Every person ever in the history of this universe, this earth, will one day stand before God and give an account. Some will have given their lives to Jesus and we'll give an account for our faithfulness. And as we're reminded in the Revelation, we will stand before him and our good and our bad will be assessed. And reward will be, and reward will be commensurate with the finding. But of those of us who are not yet believers, an everlasting punishment comes following the accounting. You can change your forever future today. Remember why Jesus came? To seek and to save the lost. He's here in the power of, your, of his spirit for you this morning. If you need to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, we invite you to, to do so uh, this morning. If you're in the room, in a moment, we're going to sing, Take My Life, Let It Be. And as we, as we sing this song, just step out and come and share with us here at the front of the building your desire to, to give your life over to Christ and enter this redeemed life partnership with Jesus. You join us online this morning. We're grateful you have joined us. And if this is the decision that's working in your life, we invite you just to click the I Want Jesus in My Life button at the website, firstbaptistclinton.church. Or you may text or call me. It's my personal number, 660-890-4150. We want to have this conversation with you because we want to spend forever with you so if you're in the room we want to spend with, forever with you confess Jesus as Lord as a believer in Christ you know we've, I've struggled all week with this faithful or failure every day it's been on the screen in front of me 
and it has driven me all week long to my knees. Maybe you just want to come this morning, kneel on the altar, because it's driving you to your knees as well.